0: everybody this is thomas nash this is gigabit gaming and this is the guest podcast where we talk about gaming esports streaming and tech we got a lot of news freaking today and we're just going to hop right into it we do have one update we actually have our own twitter now so if you go to (laughs) at the guest podcast you can follow us we're going to be posting highlights news articles sorry i got to mute my phone oh my god (laughs) and we're going to be having a like we're hoping to make our Twitter, like, have a lot of activity on it to the point where we can even post smaller clips. And if we have updates or something like that, we can post it on there instead of putting the next update on the next podcast. So we're going to be working on that a lot and can't wait to see what we make of that.
1: Exactly. All right. So to get started in some gaming news, we've got a lot of good news today. PlayStation 5 UI is going to be our starting huh. topic very interesting. Uh, you want to get into that? Get into some detail. Yeah. So they unveiled the PlayStation Five
0: UI, and it's looking pretty crispy. Um. So PlayStation Five UI, they're introducing the Control Center. So if you're um, if you're playing a game and you want to go to the dashboard or whatever, all you have to do is hit the the button on your controller. But instead of taking you to the dashboard, it launches the Control Center, which lets you navigate. Basically the dashboard, but without loading out of your game and like taking you to like the main menu where you have like all your themes and your wallpapers, and instead of taking you all the way back there, you just get the ease of access to access anything you need to more quickly.
1: Yeah, it is incredibly fast in the video that they've showcased. It's about twelve minutes, but they they showcase playing a little big planet. It looks really quick, and they showcase off. Picture-in-picture, picture, quickly joining a party chat, all kinds of neat things. And, uh, you know, a couple of good features that I think are good in premise but might not be that useful. Like, for example, they showed off in Little Big Planet how, if you're stuck, you can use the dashboard in order to give you, like, a video tutorial. And it'll show you what you're supposed to do. I think that's good and more uh, games that are targeted more for kids, you know. Because imagine if you were, let's say, seven yeah, years yeah, old, exactly. and you were playing Little Big Planet, it might be a little hard to get some of the pirates to understand where you got to go. But I, I think it's a good feature overall. I just don't know how useful it'll be for the majority of people. But you know, it's there. It's nice. I like that. They got they got a couple other really good features too. If you want to get into them, yeah. So
0: just keeping on track with the uh, the game help there, I think that. Definitely has its pros and cons. Um, if you're one of those people who want to get like all the collectibles in an open world yeah. game, maybe I can find that a little bit more useful instead of just going to YouTube and looking up all these articles and stuff. Uh, if the game help is goes that in depth, it might be able to help there. But to have walkthroughs on games, um, like you you want to be challenged in a game. You don't want to you don't want to have the option to have a hint every 10 yeah, seconds if yeah. you get stuck, you know yeah. what I
1: mean? Cheese and every 2 minutes looking at how to do something when you don't like bother even trying to figure it out yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely aimed probably towards the younger generation. I mean, Hey Little Big Planet is a game that's aimed towards the younger generation as well. Oh. But I I mean, I have a a buddy who the only game he pre-ordered so far was the, the Sackboy Adventure game that's coming out on the PS5 just because He's played all the games and he's he's really excited for that one to come out. We also have some uh, a new feature called cards. Uh, basically, it's activities um, that show up while you're playing a game, and this seems like they'll be t- closely tied up with like trophies and whatnot. But it'll be a, a card, and it'll, they're basically like challenges. Like if you go to Call of Duty and you have all these challenges and such, um, there's challenges for individual games that you're playing. So like. Uh, beat these set of levels or get all of the items in this specific level, and it, it seems like it's mostly linked to trophies here. Um, but I am excited to see how that's gonna end up playing out, because I mean, hey, everybody loves challenges and games. And well, at least in Little Big Planet,
1: it seemed like they were able to use it to fast travel to different parts in the game. Like, oh he, yeah, he, yeah, pulled yeah. Up, he pulled up a challenge that he like wasn't at in the game and he went to it, and he was like 33% through of it, and it fast-traveled him to that part of the game to complete that challenge. And I don't know if every PS5 Mm -hmm. game will have that kind of integration, but the fact that it's there is really cool. Yeah, that'll probably be um, like PlayStation-exclusive
0: heavy for these cards. I don't see every game having it unless PlayStation makes it a requirement. Like, hey, you got to implement this i don't see them doing that it'll probably be mostly playstation exclusives well, um like you said the game help and the picture what were you gonna say sorry
1: uh no yeah the the game help and the picture and picture i think the picture and picture thing is gonna be really cool like they showcase someone else playing a different game and he could put it picture and picture on his screen while he was still playing his game mm-hmm. which is like man could yeah. you imagine if you could do that with a YouTube video? That would be sweet. Can you imagine running through, like, a game of COD or whatever and you're just chilling, playing free-for-all or TDM or whatever, and you got some YouTube vid playing on the side from, like, some content creator? That would be so cool. Like, I'd love that.
0: Even if you have, like, a... I don't know if they're going to implement Twitch or streaming platforms onto it. Even YouTube gaming, by the way, Gigabit has been (laughs) trying out YouTube gaming lately. Um, But if you can get the picture in picture and like on the top right, I got like a streamer up there that I'm watching and playing like that's awesome,
1: especially if you only have one monitor. It really does kind of bring you more into that PC gaming space where a lot of PC gamers, you know, game on main monitor or something going on the other monitor. Most console players Mm -hmm. probably only hook up to one setup at a time, right? Like one 4K TV, for example. So you don't really have something you can quickly switch to while you're playing. But if you could do it in picture in picture, oh phenomenal. Absolutely. It's a,
0: definitely an exciting feature and can't wait to test it. Day one. 100%. Well, I don't know. I know. Whenever I am they give it to you, the PlayStation Five shipped to me, so it's whenever whether it gets fallen off the truck or not, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Do you wanna do you wanna list off people we'll get that? Do you wanna list off these Xbox Series S and X games? They're gonna be uh confirmed, optimized for the launch day.
0: Yeah, so um Xbox came out with a article basically stating which titles are going to be upgraded and optimized for the series S and X. And there's a lot of games in here, so Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think that comes out when the Series X comes out, if I'm not mistaken, November 10th. So it's going to be ready. Um, smart delivery as well. So if you have it for Xbox One, you can instantly pop it over to Series X. And then there's other games like Borderlands, uh, a couple smaller games. And then we have like Dirt 5, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Gears Tactics. Fortnite. Um, yeah, Fortnite, NBA. Um, but there are some big titles on there like Yakuza, like a dragon, and Sea of Thieves even. Um, these games are all going to be completely optimized and ready for day one of the series. X,
1: you mentioned Is there any other games in there that you no, well, well, you mentioned really said? NBA 2K21, and I we don't have it in our notes, but I just I just remembered it whenever you had put it. Uh, whenever you mentioned it, they're doing in game mm-hmm. advertisements now during load screens on NBA 2K21. Oh, yeah. I,
0: I did see that, and they even made a statement, I think, today or yesterday saying, like. We understand you guys don't like this. We're sorry. We'll be uh basically um, going back on this, and I I don't know if they're gonna get rid of it fully. But how much money people are angry about that?
1: Do they already make off microtransactions alone? To and now to the point where, like at least in the NHL games, they have actual advertisements Mm -hmm. on the like on the boards. So like NBA can just do a similar thing. Like why do I have to if I'm watching ads while I play my game? That's gone way too far. Like I already hate it in mobile games. It's beyond the realm to me in a console game. Like I would never put up with that. I I just stopped playing.
0: And and you're playing $60 or you're paying $60 or more. I think that might be one of the games that goes up to 70 for the new consoles. But you're paying 60 to 70 dollars and you have to watch advertisements while you're playing games. It's so stupid. It's, it's like if you went um, to the did, movie theater and you had to watch did, an ad um,
1: in the movie. <laughs> like, oh,
0: yeah. I mean, you got to watch them all in the beginning, but at least you know I got to watch them like halfway through. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. Um, but they did mention that they screwed up and they're going to be fixing this. So hopefully, they hop on that. Um, before more people get upset.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, you have uh, we have Call of Duty here time to talk about the new cod everyone's uh, excited for that for sure cold war beta well you've played it i haven't what oh, yeah. do you think well give me give me some thoughts on it how are you thinking
0: so i actually posted a a twitter uh, a tweet yesterday uh, before i went to bed and i'm just like apparently a non-popular opinion but i really enjoy the uh call of duty black ops cold war beta and i'm extremely excited for this game to come out um i see a lot of people downplaying it saying oh it's it's not warzone you know (laughs) and i just honestly i had such an amazing time playing this i was able to get to max level and i just had a ton of fun we were destroying as a team and there's the sweaty matches the skill-based matchmaking is there but but hey I highly enjoyed this game. Fireteam Dirty Bomb, brand new mode. It looks like it's basically going to be a side mode of their Warzone when that comes out. But it was a lot of fun. The maps were big. Um, I wish they got rid of helicopters and tanks, but we won't talk about that right now. And uh, overall, I really enjoyed the game, and I can't wait for the release, honestly. I
1: haven't played, but from what I've seen uh from videos and from what people talk about i think the game has a really good foundation like the movement's good mm-hmm. the actual gameplay is good it's fun the weapons are good like everything is satisfying just some things need tweaking i think the snipers based off from what i've been reading and, and seeing some insane videos might be a little too strong it might ads a little too quick you know giving you a bit uh, yeah they get a little that's... too easy to use
0: so, so during the alpha, the snipers were... Insane, Extremely yeah. overpowered. During the beta, they were overpowered still, but they definitely improved on them. And I feel like they can kick them down a little bit more and they'll be where they need to be. But I enjoyed the sniping a lot. Like, they made the sniping extremely fun. I mean, you're not getting one-shot kills if you shoot them in the stomach or the legs, but chest up is usually a one-shot kill. And for the alpha, they had, like, stomach stomach shots were one-shot kills. And if you can make sniping in a game fun to the point where it's not, like, a problem, keep it. And as of right now, I feel like they can be toned down a tiny bit more,
1: and they'll be perfect where they are. I think it's a fine-tune where you have some games that are so emphasized on snipers that are long-range only, like Battlefield, for example where they make it really satisfying to sit 500 meters away and try and tap people. But in COD, maps are just too tiny. Like, you just can't do that. So they got to make it more fast-paced. And if it's too slow, they can't compete with, like, SMGs and assault rifles. But if they're too fast, they dominate the entire game. So it's definitely a fine line. I
0: I feel like snipers shouldn't be as efficient in close-quarters situations as they are or as they were in the beta, Um, like quick scoping up close was insanely good. Um, But there are some like long, long distance maps in Call of Duty where they made it like, hey, if you're going to this certain portion of the map, like there's going to be snipers there, like especially satellite. If you go over to the dune section, it's like that's sniper haven. You want to be there. You want to snipe. And it's a really fun time. But then you go over to the right side, and it's close quarters, SMG, assault rifles. And I, I think that they did a really good job with the map design in this Call of Duty because each section has their own gun plays. And if you're rocking, like, an SMG, you want to take the shorter route where it's more close quarters. And if you're rocking a sniper, you want to go to the other side where you can snipe other people that are at the other end. I mean... yeah
1: i think they did very well with the map design in this game to say the least i think the main determining factor if this game is going to do well or not is if they can recover their anti cheat in time for big day because right now in the alpha yep. and the beta hackers again have decimated the enjoyment of thousands of games uh console players are now turning their cross play off and the reason why cheating is so rampant is because this is the exact same engine that's used in Warzone, and we all know Warzone is riddled with hackers, and it has been for months mm-hmm. that it, the same cheats that work in Warzone are working on the new COD. It, like literally that easy. So it, it's it's a big issue I, for them, and if they can't fix that, man, it's going to be hard to play that on PC. I
0: wish that Call of Duty, like. I just wish they gave more more of a shit about the cheating in Call of Duty because they don't say anything. Like they don't they don't
1: say anything. I understand, anything about I understand it. why the company might not talk about what they're doing because if they make it public, you know we're updating this at this time and we're doing this and this and this. It, it gives people yeah. that make the the hacks and and stuff more time and and it makes it easier for them to get around the fixes. But at the same time, you got to be That's a, a little one. more transparent. Because if you just don't say anything, it's a really bad look. You know, they got to at least acknowledge, hey, mm. we know that they're cheating. We've seen the videos. I appreciate the reports. We are doing our best to resolve this. We hope to have an update out by this time that will hopefully help temporarily <laughs> at the very least, because you're always going to get around it. And the main issue is just at an engine level. If it's designed and it has exploits that are easy to exploit, no matter how good your anti cheat is, if your engine is vulnerable, they're going to get around it. Like they always will yeah so
0: so i didn't um personally experience any cheaters when i was playing um but i did watch videos of people who were facing cheaters and i just found it insane that it's in a beta but apparently this did happen in modern warfare as well where there were cheaters in the beta i mean as you as we can tell that problem didn't really get resolved but It just goes to show that people are going to develop cheats for betas. And with Modern Warfare being the same engine, it probably wasn't too hard to port it over. One more thing that I would like to mention real quick is um, the Call of Duty beta did um, allow for an FPS slider on consoles now. So um, when I was playing the beta last week, when it was just on PS4, I was able to crank that up to 120 uh, FOV and fov or did i say i i was just gonna say i think i said fps um i'm talking about fov though okay so so i was able to um crank it up to 120 fov and i have a ps4 pro so i don't know how big of a difference this made but i wasn't getting like any fps drops or anything it ran very well and it seems like they're able
1: to manage the 120 uh field of view they might be doing uh it's a common technique and especially if you crank the field of view it'll more it'll lower the resolution on the edges of your screen because it's not the main focus and that'll keep performance up Mm -hmm. they might be doing techniques like that in order to keep the performance high especially on current gen consoles where it's not the best yet but once the ps5 and stuff come out they likely won't be needing those kinds of techniques because they can run it native 1080p no problem uh, but we we were yeah. talking about uh, cheaters there a minute ago, and and big news here for for Destiny two players. Uh, Bungie has just shut down one of the most prominent cheat sellers uh, in the industry. So the cheat seller Perfect Aim, uh, obviously a clever name, sells cheats for a large number of games, and these cheats include ESP, aimbot, teleporting, and more. Bungie, however, has issued a cease and desist order on the website, and the uh, employees at Perfect Aim had said. We won't comment on whether these claims are justified or not, but we have decided to comply with this demand regardless. We are sorry for any inconvenience caused to our customers. So these guys were selling cheats and Bungie shut them down. They said this is uh ruining our copyright agreement. This is against the law. We are shutting this down and they and they shut it down successfully. So that's uh that's pretty big news and it kind of points to like why other game developers aren't doing this. Cuz obviously if it infringes on Bungie, it should infringe on you as Ubisoft or Activision or whatever you have. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so I find it kind of crazy that these these cheating these cheat sellers are releasing statements saying that they don't know if these claims are justified or not. You're creating (laughs) cheats for a game, okay? You're making the game unplayable. Everything on shutting you down is justifiable. Okay, just cut your losses and get out of there
1: by them agreeing to shut their service down, that means that they don't want to go to court over it. Because if they say no, then it goes to court. And if they go to court, it's going to cost a lot of money, and they'll lose. So they know it's not justified. It's just trying to save face.
0: Yeah. I I just think it's ridiculous that these these cheating websites are getting shut down, and they're making a big stink out of it. Like, you're making the game worse. You're literally ruining the game for millions of people and you
1: you're gonna say we don't know if this is justified or not. Like, what's worse is like screw off people <laughs> spending twenty, thirty, forty, fifty bucks on these cheats, man. And like some people get caught pretty quick. Like could you imagine spending fifty bucks on cheats and you get caught in like two hours and your account's gone? And now you gotta yeah. buy a new account, whether you buy a used account off someone else, because these websites sell that stuff too or you buy a brand new copy of the game for a new account that you have to make, it's like, man, this is a lot of money you're getting into just to cheat. Like, come on. Like, just play the game legit. What? What? I never understood how you enjoy playing the game cheating. It's like, I understand the shock factor of being blatant. Like, you know, I got my walls, my aimbot, whatever, and I'm just spraying everyone. I I don't miss. I'm so blatant. Everyone knows I'm cheating right away. But then you have the people... The closet cheat. Like, they only turn the walls on for a split second, and they turn them off, and they come around the corner, and they pre-fire you because they just checked 10 seconds ago, and they know you're there. And it's like, oh, I can't prove you're cheating, but, like, how do you know this stuff? Like, you're the smartest player I've ever met. And that is worse, in my opinion, like the people that closet cheat, because it it ruins the game, and you don't even know you got cheated. It's different if I know that guy, oh, well, easy loss. Like, this guy's just cheating, whatever. But it's like, oh it's it's uh it's almost like if you're a cyclist and the guy who wins was blood doping, but you have no way to prove it. But you're like, man, he's so much faster. You can go so much like longer without pausing or whatever. This guy's either the best cyclist on the planet or he's cheating. That's how it feels like in these online video games.
0: And and that's the thing with like even Valorant. Um when Valorant came out, people were like, hey, uh, here's this cheat website for Valorant. Um, all you have to do is this, this, and this, and nobody will ever know that you're cheating. And it's just, like, impossible to prove in certain situations that, like, this guy's headshotting you from a mile away, and it's just like, is his aim really that good, or is he cheating? Like, you can't tell. And I think that's a big problem for a lot of games, and, i mean when you take it to an esports level there are people broadcasting and spectating so i mean even if you go to venues you're using certain computers and such that cheats aren't on but at a local player level where you're just doing like online tournaments and such uh these cheats can be a huge problem
1: oh it's crazy like ruins the game for literally millions of people like yeah. If you've ever been in a game with a cheater, which I'm sure you have, whether you know it or not, it's insanely frustrating. Like, people that are, like, level 50 in Siege, for example, like a low level, and they're just, like, they, it's, a, it's either they're cheating, or this is the best game of their life. And I refuse to believe that I run into people having the best game of their life every game. Like, come on now, it's crazy.
0: Yep, uh, don't call them a hacker too because you're giving them too much clout. Just you're <laughs> straight up cheaters, you know.
1: Yeah, the people that design the stuff those are the those are the real hackers. The people that use it, uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing impressive about buying a script and running it.
0: Yep. So hey, Xbox Bethesda, let's continue the news on this because it's pretty big.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they're they're saying that. Basically, in an interview with Kotaku, Phil Spencer said Microsoft would make all future Bethesda games Xbox exclusives, but they could. So he's I mean, saying no. that the, yeah, he, he, these yeah, games that. don't have to be hmm. Xbox exclusives. And we're not saying that they're going
1: to be, but they could be if we want to. <clears throat>
0: yeah, and he's he's not I mean, worried about
1: this... like the loss of money. They said that they could recoup the money pretty easily if they even made all future Bethesda games, Xbox exclusive.
0: Yeah. This is something that we can honestly talk about because it's just like, if I were Xbox or Microsoft, I would say I just paid $7.5 billion to acquire Bethesda. Um, I'm going to make elder scrolls, Xbox only. And I have a lot of friends who are like, I mean, I I think even you were saying like, they're not going to make elder scrolls, Xbox only. And in my opinion, it's just, why
1: wouldn't they? You know what I'm saying? They do still have to honor prior deals made with Sony. And so if it was already made a deal that, hey, this game has to be on our platform type thing, they can't really breach that. So maybe for the next two years, three years, maybe we might not see any exclusives on Xbox for Bethesda titles. But after that it's possible but but Phil Spencer also said that he wants as many gamers to be able to play Bethesda games as possible. He, they don't seem like they want to make them exclusive. They just emphasize that well, we could definitely still make the money back even if we didn't uh even if we did make all these games exclusive. So, mm-hmm. And and there was a a good point that i read in that article on PC Gamer that talked about this where they said that it might not be the thing of exclusivity, like it might be on both consoles, but it might be sixty dollars on PlayStation, but it might be on Game Pass on Xbox. And if they start doing stuff like that, and you're starting weighing your options, like, oh man, there's these three or four Bethesda games I want to get into, and I can pay ten bucks, fifteen bucks, whatever Game Pass is going to cost in, in a couple of years, it'd probably be higher than it is now. And and you're like, man, like instead of sixty bucks for this game, sixty bucks for this, sixty bucks for this, I can just pay 20 bucks a month or 10 bucks or whatever, and I can get them all right now. And if they start doing that, that exactly. is going to make them look really competitive.
0: Um, so I do know that Ghostwire and Deathloop are two Bethesda games that will be coming to all systems. Um, that was announced prior to Xbox buying Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two games, definitely all platforms. Moving forward after that, we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm one of those people who think that Xbox should have some exclusivity to these games, especially with the $7.5 billion purchase. But I seem to be in the minority here where a lot of people are still thinking that these games are going to be flopping over to other consoles and systems
1: as well. I think Microsoft is walking a fine line here of making themselves look like the bad guys by trying to create a monopoly. If Microsoft buys X-Game Developer and another one and another one, and now let's say they have five more in five years. Let's say they buy one a year. That is starting to make them look, and especially if they're making them exclusive only, really like they're trying to make a monopoly. And that's a bad look for a company. Buying Bethesda Mm -hmm. was already a huge risk for them, not only in reputation, but financially as well. If they were to turn down positive reputation on the brand because they were too focused on making everything Xbox only, I think it's a really bad look from the consumer's perspective. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys bought this company, and now I can't play my Bethesda games anymore. Like, holy shit. Uh, you know, I bought a PS5, so now I'm punished because Xbox bought Bethesda. And it's like, oh. And then it's like everyone's like, oh, screw Microsoft because they're only making exclusive games, and I hate that. I, at least Sony makes these, and they've always had this, and they've always done these ones exclusive. They don't buy other companies and then make them exclusive. You know what I mean? It, it, it potentially yeah. could give them a bad reputation if it's not done properly.
0: I mean that being said, they do have at least fifteen other development studios, um, such as like Mojang. I mean, that's Minecraft, but Ninja Theory, Obsidian, Playground Games, Rare, Turn 10, Undead Labs. And then they're throwing Bethesda in there as well, which I think I think Bethesda came with an a couple other um development studios. I don't think it was just Bethesda.
1: Sony also has 15 developing studios under its name that they own.
0: Yeah. So it it's just 15 like the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, this is where they really start duking it out and we get to see, I mean, we want Xbox and PlayStation to basically battle each other because I mean, it just means better content for us. Exactly. But hey, I, I'm not against Bethesda making or Xbox making exclusive games for just Xbox using Bethesda because um, Xbox doesn't really have any exclus- exclusivity as it is right now. And uh, I feel like this could only help them.
1: Yeah. So uh, so one more last gaming topic to talk about here is uh, Borderlands 3 is getting another season pass in November. This is going to include more skill trees, a new mode, and more. Uh, so first off, they have their designer's cut, which gives each character an extra skill tree, introducing a new mode as well called Arms Race. And more stuff that we'll be hearing about on October 20th, so that's today. Uh, when Gearbox starts showing off the DLC on Twitch. So I presume maybe the stream is going on soon, or it already has been, and I just didn't see it yet. But uh, if you're listening to this, yeah. you should be able to find that news, no problem. Uh, and they said that the designer's cut will arrive when the pass launches on November 10th. So I, I don't really play much Borderlands 3, but it's still a pretty popular game and one of Gearbox's biggest. So yeah, if, you, if you're into that, that's uh, that's some good news for you.
0: Oh yeah. But hey, that's it for the gaming news. Let's hop on to eSports, where Riot Games is detailing Valorant's First Strike North America Qualifiers format. <clears throat> we all know Valorant. We know Riot Games. They're coming out with a uh, the First Strike North America Qualifiers. This is going to be a big um, tournament in North America. And Nerd Street Gamers and Engine Media slash UMG Gaming Um, I'm pretty sure Engine Media just owns UMG Gaming, uh, are both staging these qualifiers. Riot's partnering with NSG after the latter produced a string of successful Valorant tournaments with the Ignition series. Um, Both NSG and Engine Media will host qualification tournaments in order to whittle down the teams to just eight participants in the inaugural Valorant First Strike tournament. Along with becoming the First Strike champion, teams will also want to qualify to ensure their claim they claim their share of the hundred thousand dollar prize pool. So fill this me is in. kind of big news.
1: Yeah, fill me in a little. Uh, Valorant esports scene is it? It's quite big, or is it small? Uh Valorant esports scene is definitely big.
0: Um, as of right now, there's just community ran tournaments, but Riot Games is finally getting um, into it and bringing together the nerd street gamers and umg to run this tournament for them a okay. uh, hundred thousand dollar prize pool i mean it doesn't sound like it's an insane amount of money compared to other esports um tournaments going on but this is big news because they're finally getting
1: rolling on the uh, esports scene for valorant yeah 100k is no joke and it's just a good first step right like you know league of legends didn't start off with I I hope I'm right when I say this, like an insanely high prize pool. So, you know, no one starts off with a million dollar prize pool. and, And you might not ever get to that point where like a game like League or Dota is where their esports scenes are ginormous. Even CSGO is huge on the esports scene. And Valorant, I don't know, you've played more than me. You might know a little more. Is it really that popular still? Like, is there a lot of people still playing it or is it really died down since launch?
0: Uh, so it's definitely died down since launch, but I, th- I don't, I don't think you can find an official player count right now, and it's definitely dwindled. But they just started Act Two, um, like last week, which definitely brought some people back. A new map with a new, um, a new, what the hell do they call them? Champion or operator, I don't even forget. agent, agent. A new agent is coming out very soon uh so that always brings people back and i mean there's a lot of big streamers that still play it too i mean shroud and ninja they're still gaming it out and there's there's just a lot of north american tournaments going on for this game which is
1: making it as
0: prominent i guess you can say
1: as it is right now the official uh Player count hasn't been released, but uh they did say in the beta period they had over three million people logging in every day to play. So obviously your numbers yeah, are gonna be a lot from amount. there, but that's still a lot.
0: I mean I I
1: wouldn't doubt if
0: it was under a million right now.
1: But that oh, being said daily players it's, still a lot it's of well under a million. It it would be well under a hundred thousand, yeah, yeah. I I'm guessing. Uh like even debatable. I guess. Even even like the biggest games on Steam like hit like a hundred thousand on a good day.
0: I mean, Rocket League right now is hitting over a million a day. Well, that's all well, three a million concurrent.
1: Right? So that's a little different. Well, that's well all Valorant's free too. Yep. Yeah, no. 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 Rocket League's on all platforms. Valorant's just PC. Oh. Right?
0: Oh. Yeah. 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 So, so I get you. But I I myself did some UMG gaming tournaments uh, with Valorant, and they were a lot of fun. So UMG is definitely one of the um, better partners, I guess you can say, to host these tournaments. And I'm sure there's already teams that will be already advanced to like the main stage. And what's happening is... Um, anybody who wants to enter either plays the, pays the entrance fee or gets invited or whatever. And then they fight to be one of the top eight contenders in this tournament. So it'll be exciting to see how that goes. Um, there'll be more news on this as, as the tournament gets closer, but, uh, I'm sure I'll be tuning in because Valorant Esports is very interesting to watch. And there's a lot of, like, 200 IQ plays that you're like, holy shit, like, that was amazing. And just makes it more entertaining, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, so I see you have here about uh, 100 Thieves no longer fielding a CSGO roster. I wonder if that's related to Valorant at all. But, yeah, uh, 100 Thieves no longer field a Counter-Strike global offensive roster after Reports Friday that stars Justin JKS Savage would be transferred to Complexity. The team will part with its majority Australian roster just a year after it's signed, the team that previously competed on the Renegades banner. Since October 2019, the team has continued to be among the elite in the North American region. So, they're very good. Uh, Matthew Nadeshot. Yeah. Uh, how do you say that? Hague Hog? Or oh, whatever. Uh, Haig. Nade, Nadeshot. Everyone knows Nadeshot. The organization's founder and yeah. CEO justified the decision with the ambiguity, vagueness, and uncertainty in the CSGO scene right now and the fact that because of the coronavirus pandemic, most big tournaments will be based in Europe. Which is far away from the organization's Los Angeles headquarters. So, I, from from what it sounds like, they just don't seem it's feasible for them to play CS:GO anymore competitively. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
0: I mean, we can we can even go back a tiny bit on on Valorant here. It the esports scene might not be taking off as much because of this coronavirus pandemic, and I Fair mean, Hundred Thieves no longer fielding a CS:GO roster because of this coronavirus. It's just all hand in hand at this point. Um, I did so Nate Shot actually released a video on the Hundred Thieves YouTube that basically stated all the reasons as to why um they were breaking up the CSGO team, but they went about it in a very like good way. They're they're transferring their players to other teams, they're very talented people, and it's just LA doesn't really have a place for CSGO as we speak because CS:GO has mainly turned into a EU scene at this point. Yep. You, you, you can't like you can't go on Twitter and find a CS:GO tournament for NA easily, at least, and get get a team up and running and compete unless it's like ESEA type things, uh, or face it. Um, but having any community or major tournaments that are based in the NA is just not happening right now.
1: Yeah, and, and and to be honest, like face it and stuff like that. It's just not that practical, and and there's no huge prize pools or anything like that for those tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely understand why they would back out, and it
0: sucks. I'm a huge 100 thieves fan, but it it's definitely the right move for them.
1: Yeah, so so I think that's all the esports news that we have for tonight. Uh, but we can get into some streaming news now. Uh if you want to get us started on this first topic.
0: Yeah, so US politician Alexandria Cortez, AOC, uh people nickname her, just um recruited Pokimane and Hassan for an Among Us Twitch stream, which is actually happening tonight at nine PM Eastern. So if you're gonna be listening to this podcast, tomorrow it will have happened yesterday. Um So the US politician nearly broke Twitter when she asked completely out of the blue if anyone would want to play Among Us with her on Twitch. And none other than Pokemon and Hassan seemed to be some of the chosen few to get a shot. I did see that there was some YouTube creators. I think even Dr. Disrespect was interested. Um, Gus Johnson, who isn't exactly a gamer, but he's a YouTube creator. And there was even some like WWE stars that wanted (laughs) to get in on this. Um, I'm not exactly sure, uh, the full roster of who she's going to be playing with, except for Pokimane and Hassan, but they instantly were like, Hey, I'm down. Count me in. And she was like, all right, I'm going to get some streaming stuff, uh, streaming equipment, and we're going to get this happen like tomorrow. Um, so although she did indicate the stream would be going down as soon as possible when she gets set up, there's no official date, which I just, I mean is a little out of date it is happening today at nine o'clock um she did create her own twitch channel shortly after talking with pokey and hassan um she's no stranger to twitch in july she actually put forward an amendment that would have forbidden u.s armed forces from spending funds to recruit young people for military service through live streaming platforms such as twitch or other esports related activities which i'm not i'm not for or against this i mean hey if it makes sense uh, i'm not i'm not here to speak political
1: on on matters but yeah that's a whole different topic right and and i think uh, you know with, with the whole uh, u.s army on twitch thing it, it the the problem isn't what i think they're doing is so bad it's have you ever seen the chat in that those like it's 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 the most toxic i've ever seen people asking the guy and they can't do anything about non-stop like uh, how many war crimes you've committed and just absurd things like this and and man this guy likely he's probably never even seen combat i think the guy that they have doing it is like maybe 25 so if he has seen combat Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a lot and he's front lines esports guy and like streamer so how much content, or sorry, combat do you think this guy has seen to the point where you're asking about war crimes and stuff? Like, this isn't... It's a whole different thing, and I don't want to get too into it, but yeah. Uh, w- whether you're for or against it, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, I don't suppose, because if they're not going to be yeah. able to recruit there, they're just going to go somewhere else, so... Yep. Um, This is going to be exciting. I'll
0: probably tune into it just to see how it goes. I mean... This is, this the is big news that we got politicians on Twitch and I don't know exactly what she's going to speak about besides playing Among Us, if she's going to bring politics into the
1: scene or not, but it'll be exciting to see or watch the VODs on. Some kind of publicity stunt, I'm thinking. It's, it's probably the same reason why the other streamers have jumped on so heavily because it's literally freak clout. so kind of an mm-hmm. idiot if you don't do it.
0: I mean, hey, Bernie Sanders had a Twitch account. I think even Donald Trump had a Twitch account for a little bit before it got banned, like, instantly. Uh, He still might be on there, but just get politics out of here. I hate talking about it. Elections in two weeks. Vote if you can. Make sure you're registered. And you can make a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's go on to streaming news. Yeah, so uh, f- or no wait oh yeah we've yes. been in streaming news yes
1: my yes things. yes yes so further on now we have we have a new article here about from thegamer.com where i found out about one true king which is a new organization founded by the twitch streamers asmongold ms kiff and hey says is fanned is fond s fond
0: anyways yes esfand. Esfond. Yes.
1: So uh, One True King, or OTK as they're calling it, is a new organization aimed at building a network of like-minded content creators. Although there's five people total in this organization, and they're all acting as founders, OTK is planning to expand their roster. And they say, and I quote, we're part of a network of, in my opinion, the most talented and creative streamers on Twitch. And by coming together, we're going to be able to make some of the best content on Twitch, YouTube, and beyond. This organization has already recruited one full esports team, however, they aren't necessarily an esports organization, but rather a network of talented content creators who have a desire to collaborate. The conglomerate has a strong background in World of Warcraft, as many people know Asmongold Gold is very big in the World of Warcraft scene. But One True King isn't interested in confining their content or members, so you don't have to be a World of Warcraft streamer to necessarily join this organization. I think this is pretty big news where you have popular streamers going into something big and trying to make an even bigger group of like, it's essentially a really large community.
0: Yeah. When I was reading the notes on this, I was like, Oh shit, I didn't even know this was happening. And I mean, I know the streamers, especially Golden, Miskiff and Esfon, but I don't know the other two. Um the other two are what are their names here i'm just rich campbell and tips out um yeah, i'm not too familiar with that either yeah. but this is kind of insane news and i do like these twitch streamers a lot they could be hotheads and say whatever they want but that's what makes them who they are and i feel like this organization is gonna honestly take off in a way i i know that they can easily throw some other streamers in the mix there that would fit their personality. And, hey, I'm going to start an organization soon. And it's going to be called One True Tommy Nash. I don't and
1: think that has join a good And if you want to join, just let it. me know. Mm.
0: <laughs> One True Nash, maybe?
1: Ah, yeah, they might hit you with copyright, bud. I, think, uh, yeah, I might get in trouble. <laughs> Uh, I think it's I think it's positive. I mean, I I enjoy watching Asmongold. I haven't watched too much of the other people, but Asmongold's really funny. Uh, I think his streams are very entertaining, and he's a pretty down to earth, chill guy. He has some problems and stuff, and I think his perhaps his mother is sick, but uh, he's trying to work through these things. And and obviously, much respect to anyone having to go through issues like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think this is definitely going to take off. I think it's going to be a big thing. So I'm uh,
0: excited to see what happens there.
1: Yeah, so we can wrap up our streaming news there and hop right into the tech news. So We only have a, a few few little bigs of tech news here. Nothing too crazy going on. Mostly some uh, GPU, AMD, and uh, Sandworm-related things. Uh, so, sandworm. Yeah, yeah that's pretty, pretty good there. So uh, this is a l- relatively small thing, but I think it's important to mention. Uh, so Asus now has a 3090 that is a Gundam design. Uh, if you don't know what that is, I, I think it's... Uh, I'm about to explain it, even though I don't know it that well. That's an anime thing, right? The Gundam thing. It's part of a Gundam. Gun- yeah. Gundam. Sorry, I say it wrong. Uh, part Gundam. Of a... G- Listen, bud. <laughs> okay, blame the education system. <laughs> Anyways, yes, it has. It looks really nice, beautiful design. It's all white. Looks really clean. Uh, if you it want, does to open... look nice. Yeah, yeah. It, so it has a clock speed of 1890 boost in OC mode, 1860 in the gaming mode, which is higher than NVIDIA's 1.7 gigahertz boost clock. However, the price, twenty five hundred and forty US dollars. That Ooh. is a hefty premium. But yeah, it's a lot of dollars. If you really want it, that's it's right there, and it's a high performer, and it's going to do you pretty well. You know, I I couldn't imagine There's paying that much for a premium for something it. like that. Eh, it's I think it's mostly in the uh, in the Asian markets, so I think the price mm-hmm. might be more set for for Asia than. When, when you translate it over into us it doesn't work nearly nearly as well as they had hoped but that's that's okay uh one second. but yeah uh that's 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 it for that one there's nothing too crazy about that but i, I think it's worth mentioning that azus in particular is making some more exotic designs maybe you could call it that but it's good to see this kind of variation in graphics cards because it's just and they they just get so boring after a while. Like everyone's just more RGB this and that. But you know, if you have a theme, it, it looks really cool and you know you could build a whole Gundam PC now. And if that was your main centerpiece, that is unreal. Are you buying one? Uh yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Buying two.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be building a new computer next year and when that time comes whatever's out at that time that is um considered not the best of the best but i want to future proof a little what a little bit um yeah for sure. next year around that time i will be building a new computer
1: well speaking of graphics cards evga now has gifted extreme overclockers a 450 watt beta bias for their rtx 3080 ftw3 ultra mm-hmm. Bit of a mouthful. So the stock power target on on the original card is 400 watts. This new beta bias will crank it up to 450 watts. Now, allowing more power draw typically can give you higher clock speeds. Generates more heat, sure, but if you don't care about maxing out your cooler uh, noise, then whatever. Uh, EVGA, however, doesn't guarantee any performance increases, but they've made this bias available due to popular demand. Kind of crazy how many hardcore overclockers and performance-seeking people that are screaming at an EVGA to please unlock more power for us, please. <laughs> yeah, so, that's insane. So, so they've done that, and, and EVGA recommends at least an 850 watt power supply and a case that has good cooling because you, using this beta bias, it's definitely going to increase your temps if you're maxing out your power. So, you got to keep that in mind.
0: I don't even know what my power goes to. Um,
1: if you use, like I don't even a, know what the
0: app. Applic- what is, What does the application use? That I. Well, I use or that M- I use for M- my MSI GP?
1: afterburner is for overclock, but you can yes, use yes,
0: yes, MSI. You
1: can use like GPU Z if you're looking for like pure specs. Uh, but you have what 1080? I can't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, I have a 1080. And right now, my uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not even, <laughs> I can't even,
1: yeah, I think, I think, something I don't like even that, understand what I'm looking at. I think, I think the 1080 is like 250 watt, maybe. Like, but don't quote me on that I, I might be wrong but anyways yeah swapping over to cpu news now we have uh, amd ryzen 5000 series cpus may run the best with faster ddr4 4000 megahertz memory kits the new leaked slide from slideshow suggests that the new 5000 series cpus run best using ddr4 4 4000 megahertz current ryzen cpus people target 3200 to 3600 megahertz and, and tight timings with castle latency and stuff it, it's important but but higher clock speed definitely important so yeah, 3200 is the current sweet spot for most people. I, I, you know, if you're going to buy RAM, but you're not going to spend a ton of cash, 3200 is a really good starting point. Uh, so it says here that Ryzen 5000 series will also not have increased latency with these higher-speed memory kits, which is a feat that's not currently achievable. So right now, if you go higher and higher in your clock speed, normally your latency on the CPU is definitely going to suffer because CAS latency is going to increase and such. It appears that the new Ryzen 5000 series is going to handle it a little differently, which hopefully doesn't increase latency nearly as much. High-speed RAM, however, is getting cheaper and cheaper, as kits that support over 5,000 MHz are becoming available. I think G-Skill sells a couple of kits that are over 5,000, which is... Holy shit. Which is really fast, man. Like, you're pushing RAM that's faster than some people's CPUs. Like, that's crazy, but... That is insanely fast. But I gotta preface that all this news is still unconfirmed. This slide could be fake. We're not too sure, but... Yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully it's real because it would be nice to have another another reason to get higher speed memory because I personally believe that once DDR5 comes out, we're going to get a lot of gains in the memory department, which is going to significantly reduce latency and it's definitely going to increase your frame rate in games a lot because people underestimate how important RAM speed is because all your stuff goes through RAM, like your game is in the RAM, like everything is in, yep. in your memory. And your CPU talks to the memory directly, so if the memory can be faster, it's it's just gonna increase your performance. So, uh, so when you buy in a five thousand megahertz set, dude, I actually do like that's one of the things when when I
0: get a new motherboard that just supports things like that. Like I'm gonna be excited to to get a better CPU first off, but then to be able to have RAM that's, I mean, four thousand. I think that's way higher than I can run right now. I think I'm 32 and like, that's the max my motherboard supports.
1: So yeah, I'm at 3,600 myself, but that's a, that's an overclock. They're only 3,200 dim. Uh, yeah. Dim, so
0: I, I'm, I'm excited hundred percent to, to be able to purchase things like that. And, and even like the NVMEs, I mean, they're getting insanely fast too. And they get I mean, cheaper you, and cheaper you, all the time. Yeah. You, you think that like an NVMe, holy shit, this is fast. And then they're just constantly coming out with upgrades to make them even faster. It's just like, okay, well, I can't wait to get my hands on one of those.
1: Yeah, I, I do plan personally on taking out some hard drives. Like, I, I was looking at a 6-terabyte WD Black because I think if I had one of those, that would give me more than enough storage for anything I need. And then oh yeah, swap out my OS SSD with a 1-terabyte and then a 2-terabyte SSD for games and stuff i think that would be ideal you know yeah i don't think i'd max it anytime soon
0: i only have a 256 gigabyte nvme i just bought it solely for the purpose of running windows and escape from tarkov and it does its job um and it's insanely fast so i i ended up being able to fit uh, the new Forza Motorsport, well, the newest to come out on PC, uh, Forza Motorsport 7, yep. I was able to fit that on there, and it's just like loading the maps and getting into the games insanely quick. Um, I do want to get a bigger NVMe. Like, if I was able to get my hands on a two terabyte, I would be ecstatic. Oh, you'd be screaming. it would be sweet. Yeah. And hey, before we move on to this last topic, I just want to state that um, AOC, like, Alexandra Cortez did go live. And right now, she's at just about 200,000 viewers on Twitch. So we're that's sh- like an insane the platform. amount.
1: That's crazy. She
0: actually is over 200,000 right now. It just hit it. She's been streaming for 20 minutes, and she has 200,212 viewers, which... She, I mean, sta- she probably... started early. Yeah, she did. She started way earlier. And uh see if she breaks some records. It's does, does she have a face cam or anything, or...? Uh yeah, she does have a face cam right now. She has Among Us running in the background. Um she's probably hardly even going to play. She she was just saying recently on, "Hey, um there's three ways to vote. Get out there, register." Um I think it might be too late to register at this point. Um but she's basically saying, "Hey, get out there and vote." That's so it's just insane to see a politician on Twitch and have over 200,000 viewers like that quickly first stream. I mean, her Twitch has been created a day ago and she's way up there. She's definitely view but...
1: viewbot it and I knew she'd cheat the system. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but let's go with this last topic here. US indicts Sandworm, Russia's most destructive cyber war unit.
1: Yeah, so just to preface this, this is a bit of a complicated topic and if you're looking to get more information about it, there is a book about Sandworm, which is a very good read, uh, as well as uh, episodes on a uh, particular podcast I listen to called Darknet Diaries that explain this in in greater depth than this article, but essentially we'll, we'll explain it here a little. So the department of justice has named and charged six men for allegedly carrying out many of the most costly cyber attacks in history. Nearly half a decade ago, the Russian actors known as sandworm hit Western Ukraine with the first ever cyber attack to cause a blackout. Sandworm embarked on a years long spree of destructive attacks. Another blackout attack on the Ukrainian capital of Kiev in 2016 the release of the NotPetya worm in 2017 that spread globally from Ukraine to cause over $10 billion in damages worldwide, and a cyber attack that temporarily destroyed the infrastructure IT back end of the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. So this is uh, essentially a form of ransomware. Uh, So it uh, it, it goes through a worm. So essentially a worm is really easy to travel throughout the Internet and infect different computers. And ransomware Mm -hmm. is designed to encrypt a computer. So if you combine the two in a worm and ransomware, you have a highly spreading malware that will encrypt all the files on your computer and spread from one computer to the next. So once you have something like that going on your network, it's pretty much game over. So That's insane. On Monday, the Department of Justice unsealed charges including computer fraud and conspiracy against six of the hackers who allegedly make up Sandworm a group, also known in the security industry by the names Telebots, Voodoo Bear, and Hades, and confirmed <laughs> earlier this week to work in Unit 74455 of Russia's GRU Military and Intelligence Agency based in a building known as the Tower in the Moscow suburb of uh, Kimki, Maybe. Anyways. yeah, it's a so, handful. So this attack happened five years ago, uh, and now they're only just officially laying charges on the people that have done it. This isn't so much a big deal that, uh, like, we we always, everyone at least who followed this new russia had involvement, now U.S. has officially stated that these people are the people that we have confirmed are involved and we are pressing charges on these people. So now they can no longer ever travel to a country that has U.S. indictment laws because they will get arrested and be tried in the United States for this. So that is a huge thing because that limits a lot of your movement in the world. Uh, and, and it's just more of a statement uh, that U S is not going to tolerate this. And if you do stuff like this, you will get under legal pressure from us. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't something that we can allow. And unfortunately it took them this long to officially make a statement about who's done it and the chargers and whatnot, but it, it's, it's still positive. It's still in the right direction, but it just takes a really long time.
0: It's definitely an interesting topic, and I I'm probably gonna look more into this um, this week just because I want to learn more about it. Um, I didn't know anything about it until this podcast,
1: but yeah, there was a lot of issues with the not Petty worm. It, it it hit some hospitals, and it almost cost a few people their lives. Uh, fortunately, the majority of hospitals in the world have their critical infrastructure not connected to a network in- to protect from things like this. You know, like your life support machines are not plugged into their router or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if that critical system went down, someone would die, like for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a hit and miss. There, there was almost one person uh, that had died due to a due to an issue in a hospital because of this. They just couldn't get the treatment that they were supposed to get. But it it was at the end, they, they did survive, and it was okay. But it's only a matter of time before something like this could potentially hit the United States power grid, for example, because that's what Russia was doing in Ukraine. They were targeting Ukraine to test this malware against their power stations. They've done it over two times now. So, you know, and this was only about a year ago that the United States officials found some malware inside some electrical substations in the United States that were sitting in there, but they weren't doing anything. They were just idle. But some of the malware did have some pretty deep hooks into their networks, which potentially could allow them to control and disable safety measures inside the power equipment, which is what allows them to destroy this equipment and turn off the power. That's insane to think about. In A lot of experts think that because Ukraine isn't as advanced as the United States, they're more analog. So when their substation or power station or whatever gets hit, they quickly can swap to analog backups because they have those on hand and, and they only just replace them not that long ago. But the United mm-hmm. States, things in power plants have been digital for so long that there might not be a quick analog backup to fix. And if you have an entire city in a blackout for 12 hours, let's say, worst case, a day, that's a lot of time for your mm-hmm. citizens to be without power in a first world country, in a spot that there's no reason to lose power. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, it makes I'll, you think about it. I'll link that book to you, Tommy, because because it's a it's an ebook that you can get on Kindle or whatever. It's a really good book, and uh, a couple of those podcast episodes too from Darknet Diaries. Very very good guy. Uh, anyone listening should check out Darknet Diaries as well if you have any interest in in this kind of stuff. That, They talk about all kinds of hacks and malware and stuff like that on the podcast. Very good, very good podcast. I listen to it every week, but, uh, but yeah, that'll wrap up for, for that last topic, but it's, it's very good news. Very, very positive news. It's just a shame that cyber warfare like this exists.
0: Yeah. It's only going to get worse from here too. It's just, we'll eventually see more and more news on it as time goes on, but just got to hope for the best here. And, Hey, get into cybersecurity and join the team. There's a lot of money to be so you made. Can prevent, in that. Yeah, you can make a lot of money and you can prevent attacks like this from happening on U.S. slash Canadian soil. <laughs>
1: but yeah, Is there so- anything else you want to talk
0: about before we end here?
1: No, I think this is a good spot to end. I think we had a really good
0: show. I do want to mention one more thing uh, for the streaming portion. Uh kind of just want to go back there. Um, I did happen to get the Soundtrack by Twitch application beta. Uh, I got the email for that today, and I took a quick look at it, and there's all these different playlists that I can choose from. I can't choose individual songs at the moment, but I could choose um, playlists. Like, this one's powered by Ann Munition, so Ann Munition selects Metalcore and more for her official playlist. And you can just click on that, and it'll play music that she might like and listen to especially if you like metalcore. There's also things such as just chilling music, release spotlight, rap, dance, electronic, lo-fi. And this integrates directly into your uh, stream Streamlabs. If you're in the beta, I think you need to have a version of Streamlabs up and running so it can do the integrations on your stream. Um, I switched over to OBS, but it does seem like it will be integrated for OBS by the time it's out of beta and you'll be able to set this up yourself. Yeah, good news. Good news on that front as well. Hell yeah. Especially with all the... I mean, I, another streaming portion, but I don't know if you noticed today the a new wave of DMCA emails
1: kind of popped I, up. I saw that. I, I didn't get anything, so I'm okay.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it was geared towards Twitch partners at this time, and um, they they didn't give any, well, I mean, it was a warning email, but they were just, they just deleted VODs instantly. They're just like, hey, we we took the right measures for you. Your VODs that contain this music are gone. And people are just like, is there any way that I can counterclaim this? And they're like, nah, 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 you don't want to counterclaim this. like, it's gone. and It's resolved. I mean, it's gone. Don't worry about I, it. I guess we'll be able to provide an update on that next week to see how that's uh,
1: turning out. Yeah, that's the guest podcast, guys. Gaming, esports, streaming, and technology. I'm Gigabit Gaming. I'm Tommy Nation. Don't forget to check out our new Twitter, at
0: The Guest Podcast, where we will be pro- producing... Um...
1: <laughs> Quality <laughs> content for everyone to Quality. view on Twitter.
0: we are going to be putting some highlights on there, some uh, gaming news before we can talk about it on the podcast. And Bada boom, bada bang. That's the show. Peace out, everybody.